what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hey, hey. Hello, hello. Is this Jeff? Oh, yeah. So I was right. My brother is supposed to be here to actually do the intro. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Yep. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Uh, I am today's host, which is the younger and better looking of the brothers, uh, Brian Jackson. If you're watching on uh, video right now, I'm on the left side and the devilishly handsome and looks so much more handsome than my normal brother on the right side of your screen is Jeffrey Hartman, Dr. Dr. De- Jeffrey Hartman. Jeffrey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Well, as you know, I, I couldn't do it alone, so I had to find someone and I pretty much Pick went through my Rolodex and yep, then you were the only one that got back to me. So Welcome. Yeah, great. Well, aren't you great so excited to, now? Uh, great reference to Rolodex on a tech show, too. By the way, so. <laughs> I meant a digital Rolodex, right? Rolodex I mean, that's Rola Rola Dash Dex. It's like this new thing. You wouldn't know about it. You wouldn't, wouldn't know. know. It's okay. Yeah, tune in. Yeah. Well, so for if you haven't figured out already, with some of the the dishing I've been doing, uh, Alan is not here. Uh, Alan may be popping in a little later, but. I think it shows which of the two brothers is truly committed to this podcast um, and is here for all of you, all of our many, many listeners, to make sure that you get your weekly uh, dose of home and retail and everyday technology. Right, That's what we're here for. So Brothers in Tech is all about you and how you use technology at home in your everyday life. Uh, We're not really into the corporate thing. We're not into high-end technology that would cost an arm and a leg, although maybe I shouldn't say that with today's topic. Um, (laughs) But we're here to make sure that you have the newest and latest uh, information that's going to hopefully make your life a little bit more efficient. So, uh, so we're excited to have Jeff here today. For those that have uh, listened or watched in the past, Jeff is a, uh, can I say regular? I think you've been maybe twice. And this is number three. This is number three. So you're the only one who has been on here more than more than once, actually. So welcome. Welcome, Jeff. Um, yeah, thanks for having Jeff, me. Let me give let me give a quick intro, and then I'm going to let you fill in the gaps for me because you're doing all sorts of cool stuff these days. But um, So Jeff is a... Uh, he has a PhD in kinesiology and is a professor at Gardner Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Carolina, right? You got it. Yep. And uh, Jeff and I have known each other for years, and uh, we actually went to graduate school together. And he and I are technology buddies. And you know, when we first met, we started getting into different forms of technology. Back when the iPhone was coming out, we both became. Mm-hmm. I converted him actually to a Mac guy. Uh, he was, uh, I think PC at the time and, and he never looked back. So now he's one of my brothers in Mac. And, um, so Jeff, what else you got going on these days? Anything of interest? I know you have a lot of side things happening. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. You know, I do little body work massage on the side. That's, um, part of my fitness ministry. And, uh, so, t- so talk about body work. What does that, what does that mean? So there's uh, what most people are familiar with when you hear the word massage, uh, not the kind you're thinking of, Brian, but the kind most people go for. And that's just where <laughs> you get the 
kind of the sort of woo relaxation massage. Body yeah. work is more um, clinical massage. So people will come in with a particular issue. You'll do an assessment beforehand to you know, objectively verify their subjective symptoms. And then you're, you're doing targeted work. So it's much more localized, concentrated. You're hitting individual muscles um, versus you know, what most people would think about, which is just kind of long, slow strokes induced yeah. relaxation. Yeah. So you're not, you're not doing what most people would be getting at a resort where they go and this is their chance to relax. You're, you probably have clients that are weekly or even biweekly. Like what's, what's the, the regularity that someone does body work? It depends. So I just had a gentleman who um, did some issues with his back and he is scheduled. He's actually over uh summiting, Everest base camp right now. And nice. so he, he came in, um, just because wow. of your body work is what you're going to say. Yeah. That he's <laughs> able to do this because of your body work. <laughs> well, he, he was, um, ready to throw in the towel and, um, we had two weeks together. We met three times. We did a little cupping, did a little, uh, heat therapy. We'd messed in a little cryotherapy and, um, yeah, either he's ignoring me or he's uh, on his way up to, uh, to base camp right now. So that's really cool. I, I, that's rare. Yep. When you see something like that. A lot of tennis, a lot of golf. Okay. Okay. Yep. So he's got to be fit, right? Good tennis guy. I'm sorry. There was a, there, maybe there was a laugh there. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, Come yes. on. You can, you can yes. say yes. Yeah. Very. And I'm, and I'm going to, I you notice I slid right past the whole little bit of cupping. Right. And just for people to know, that's not a form of spooning. Jeff is actually talking about something like he doesn't just spoon his clients unless they yeah. really pay That's a lot. That's an extra fee. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> cupping, just maybe give a quick, quick thing on cupping wood. Cause there's kind of a form of technology there in a way that it's uh, a little bit of a, a newer, a newer designer. I guess it's been around a while, but tell me what cupping is. I know for, people are probably seeing, okay. See it on TV now, right? They'll see yep. athletes. So tell me real yeah. quick what cupping is. So you could think probably Michael Phelps is the, athlete mm -hmm. who really popularized i don't know what olympics it was when he showed up and he had all these uh octopus sucker rings all over his back and so cupping is just um i use silicone cups you can use uh, glass or plastic cups and you're just creating a pressure inside of the cups you're you're basically trying to draw the deep blood more towards the surface towards the muscle yep. to get more oxygen into the into the muscle heat friction and ox and uh, oxygenated blood and then that's what that's what you see on the surface is blood being brought up like a bruise, and therefore there's more blood kind of in that particular area, right? Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not. Yeah, you're right. It's not a bruise, but you said it's, it's like a bruise. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's similar yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So that's part of what you would do with some of your body work as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Huh, that's awesome. I get to, yeah, get to use an ancient technology. With a little <laughs> bit of a modern silicone flare. There you go. See, see the silicone. Maybe the silicone was our tech for that particular part of Absolutely. the show. There. Very nice. Cool. Well, so Jeff is, uh, as I mentioned, Jeff's kind of big into tech with me. He and I will uh, often be sharing, you know, new tech that we found, new uh, software that we're looking into. Usually if, if Apple comes out with a new iOS, we'll get a text to one another to be like, have you downloaded it yet? Does it work? You know, is there any issues? Usually it's Jeff asking me, have you downloaded yep. it yet? Or should I try? 
you know, did it screw up your phone? Cause I'd like, you know, you'd like me to do it before you do. But, uh, so, you know, he's perfect to have on this podcast. Uh, we've had him on here about some fitness things in the past and we'll probably continue to bring him back on that. But today that there is a form of fitness, uh, into our discussion and we'll get there in a few minutes. I do want to spend a couple more talking about some of our, uh, some, a couple other, uh, issues that I'm going with, but we're going to talk about e-bikes um, and what is an e-bike and why might you look into e-bikes and what's all the rage about e-bikes about Jeff has actually been in that market and actually mm-hmm. purchased an e-bike, uh, recently. So I thought it'd be perfect to hear kind of the process that he went through and some of the do's and don'ts when you're looking into that e-bike world. So we'll get into that in just a couple minutes. Um, Jeff, I wanted to give you a quick update, uh, cause I know, even though I know you're, one of our, you know, consistent listeners. I'm sure you listen religiously to our podcast, and yeah, you know exactly I, what I'm, we've been talking about. I'm happy to hear you. Uh, you finally got your mom to listen too. So congratulations, <laughs> That's right. your dad. Both of you, both of you, actually, all three of you. You're right. All three of you are listening now, and uh, well, at least you know you are. Um, but uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, I mentioned to you before the show started, that um, so Alan uh, has gone on this crusade in the last several episodes and we've kind of gotten him to step off the ledge a little bit from his, uh, uh his frustrations with email. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't have a ton of an update, uh, to provide with Alan's email conquest at this point, but, uh, Jeff, I would just mention to you, you mentioned to me that you would never spend money on an email client. Uh, Alan has made that move. Um, and I'm hoping if he does show up a little later, he'll, Maybe tell us if he's still using it. But you are a you are a Mac mail person. Am I correct? You're the default built-in mail client that's on Apple. Yep. I've right? tried yeah. other clients uh, based on some of your recommendations and <laughs> the freeness and the simplicity of mail. Just keeps yeah. calling me back. Yep. Yep. And I will be honest with you, I keep bouncing back and forth. I was with outlook and then i was with spark mm-hmm. and then i came back to mac mail and even today i got so frustrated at mac mail i started switched over to outlook again and so i have them all fired up and ready so in case one frustrates me i jump to the other and at least they're all set up with my signatures and all of that which is good but uh alan as far as i know is still with missive which is an email client that i had not heard of mm-hmm. before but m-i-s-s-i-v-e and it is really, really impressive. Pretty much does everything that he and I both came up with as a uh, as a must-have. Um, I do think he's spending maybe ten dollars a month for it, something like that. So, but it's the desktop and um, the iOS version. It's got a number of different features. So, uh, if you get a chance, take a look at uh, Missive. Not necessarily for your use, but I'm hoping that eventually they come with more of a entry level that someone can do. You know, right now I'm using it, but it's it's limited in terms of search and some of the other things. But but I wanted to quickly just mention a frustration that I had in a very similar episode. I think it was last week or maybe the week before, where one of my picks was a, a software called Motion, and I'm going to pull that up real quick. And Jeff, I don't know if you have ever heard of this motion before, but so motion's a a software that I tested just for our bits episode um, in our, uh, our most recent bits. And it's really, really cool. Um, 
it's incredibly expensive. <laughs> so it's not something that I expect people to do. It's 20 something dollars a month. Um, but what this does, what I love, what it's trying to do, which is you basically it's integrating your task and your calendar. So Jeff, let's say that you have your task manager where you're like, okay, I've got these 12 things that I need to do this week that I want to keep kind of reminding myself that I want to do. Then you also have a calendar where you have your actual meetings set up. Well, what, what motion does is takes your tasks and fills them in for you within your calendar, basically blocks off your calendar for you to do these things. So if you say, Hey, I have a task of grading this exam and it's going to take me two hours, but you put in there, you know, I can do it in 15 minute increments, right? I don't have to do it all two hours at once. And you tell it that when you set up your task and then you say, Oh, I have another exam that I want to grade. I want to do this with it. And it's going to take an hour and a half. And I have, uh, you know, this work that I'm doing on this paper, and it's going to take this much time. You set all that up in your task, and it will continue to move them in spaces where you have and basically block that off and tell you, hey, listen, you've got the next two hours are open, you need to be working on this. And if you get it done, you check it off. If you don't get it done, it moves it to the next available slot. And you know, when you have a little 15 minutes later in the day, it says, by the way, we just put this in your calendar. And it continues to dynamically shift your task within your calendar, which is really, really, really cool. Um, not worth 20 some dollars uh, a month, right? Not from me. Now, if I was an organization and I had a bunch of people that were all on this account and we were all kind of shifting around tasks based on people's uh, calendars, maybe so. Okay. Well, here's my update though. I tried it out. We showed it um, on Brothers in Tech with our uh, Bits episode Thought it was really cool. Our takeaway was it's way too expensive for an individual right now. And then, so I did this seven-day trial, set it up, showed how it worked on my calendar. It was actually really cool, integrated into my calendar. Uh, everything was good. About two or three days afterwards, I went on and said, you know what, delete all my data, right? You know, I'm not going to do it out. Then I end up getting seven days after I started, I get a bill for $248. Okay, where it actually charged my account because for me to set up that uh, seven-day trial, they charged me, even though I had not used it once other than that first hour. Okay, I tried it on the show, showed it, immediately went in and said, you know, get rid of my uh, get rid of my data. But I didn't realize get rid of the data was not also canceling the account. So anyway, I get the bill, or I get the bill in my email. Two hundred forty-eight dollars been charged to your account, and I immediately sent an email back said, hey, listen, sorry, that was. Obviously, there was a oversight. You can tell by whatever your uh, whatever your accounting is. I haven't used it, right? I set it up once. It's not something I want. You just charged me an hour ago. Uh, if I could get a refund, that would be fantastic. I appreciate it. Got an initial auto response that said, "Thank you." Even though our you know our billing is, I can't remember their wording. They said something like, "We have a." You know, we will bill you when, you know, your seven days is up and that's part of the agreement. However, we typically will refund, you know, that that if we determine that uh, once we look into our records that you haven't set up your counter, you haven't done whatever, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, initially I went in right then and said, well, I obviously I'm trying to cancel this account. So I went in and found out how to cancel, click cancel, and it comes up and says, we're canceling. It'll take a minute. Nothing happens. Went up and did it again. Nothing happens. I checked it today. My account's still there, even though I've already, I'm sorry, no, I canceled it and tried to remove some, there's all sorts of 
funky things that were going on. So, and I still haven't heard back from them yet. That's been about 48 hours. Okay. Which is a bad sign. Um, yep. So I made sure in the last email I sent in, I said, signed the person who has a podcast talking about technology, which we positively reviewed your technology in the last episode. So I'm going to kind of negatively review their, their <laughs> software right now as a let's wait and see, because, you know, this is something that's a real pet peeve of mine that, you know, currently in order to try a lot of software, people, you most likely will have to put in a credit card that says, yes, I will get charged if this is the case. And then you, if you're like me, I put in a reminder to myself, you know, yep. a day before that to cancel it, make sure I've tried it. Um, but when it's something where there's this integration with other calendars and I go in and say, clearly like, delete all my data and, you know, remove my calendar in my mind, that was, that was the step, which was the button was there to get out of this thing. But obviously that wasn't the case. So I'm hoping that they do the right thing, mm. that motion does the right thing and says, obviously you don't want to be part of this. And maybe they charge me a day. Maybe they charge me two days. I'd be totally fine with that. Um, but if they uh, stick by their guns, let's just say that Motion will be getting a a notice on every one of the podcasts for the next year that my two hundred forty eight dollars <laughs> was paying for. So uh, there you uh, go. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they will. Uh, they will know the wrath of our three listeners. Let me just tell you that. All right, our three <laughs> listeners will be pissed. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to give you a quick update on that uh, unfortunate um, that that happened and didn't. Uh, occur fairly quickly and maybe who knows tomorrow they'll send me an email that says you know we're really sorry to hear, hear that wish you could stay but you know here's a refund for either all or most of it and i would be okay with that but uh i'll update uh, everybody on the next episode to see uh whether or not i get my money back and of course 248 dollars yeah. for a year is a lot of money for software that uh, we talked about before i think last week both Alan and I said, if it was $5 a month for something that was really task oriented, really tries to save time, really does some integration, I would, I would consider it, right? Especially if it was integrated with a really cool kind of scheduling because it makes its own calendar, which is nice. You know, you could use mm -hmm. your own calendar app, but not for, not for 20 something a month. And uh, no way. so not happening. All right. So there we go. There's, there's the updates. What did I do? 19 minutes. Yeah, that's not bad, right? We're, we're doing okay. Um, now let's get into today's topic, which is why you're here, right? Other than we love having you on, Jeff, you are here to talk about e-bikes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm hoping that you can maybe you're, you're a professor, you're a teacher. I'm hoping you can give us a little bit of a definition of e-bike. What do we mean by e-bike? Why is it that you we are talking about e-bikes? Well, I spent um, about eight weeks in Japan, maybe five, six years ago. And I distinctly remember this um, mom, two kids, one on the front of her bike, one on the back of her bike. She's <laughs> in this long skirt, this nice white blouse. She's got groceries and a little uh, side cart on her bicycle. And she's pedaling up this hill and like zero effort, just out for a little stroll, you know, just going up the sound. How is this possible? American, right? Not really seeing any bikes <laughs> at this point. And the, the couple How on does this, it happen? It says, yeah, that they're e-bikes are everywhere. Everybody, everybody has them. Hmm. And to me, that was just like I, sometimes when you're confronted with the obvious, like, wow, this is such a, a game changer. And 
I know we've got the scooters here that you, you, you're much more familiar yep. with, but yep. the e-bike is just pedal assist um, for the most part. I think that's what most people think of. E-bikes can be throttle, straight throttle, uh, depending on which class of e-bike you're getting into. But um, when you think e-bike, for most people, you pedal, a motor or motors are going to kick in when you start to pedal on the flywheel and assist you. Um, okay. And, you know, we'll probably get into the weeds a little bit about the varying level levels of pedal assist and whatnot. But yeah, the electronic bike, you got a motor in there that's helping you along. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I know the answer to this, but just so people, um, you know, people who might be uh, kind of getting their first dive into this, how is it different than a, a, a moped, like an old school moped that has a, that has an engine on it that, you know, maybe even has a pedal to kind of get started or start the engine, but the moped, you would not pedal, right? What this is, is it's a bike that the purpose is pedaling and the engine is there to help as opposed to an engine that's there to go and pedal only if you want. What, What's your approach yeah. on that? What is it? it bike it first, really engine next. It really depends on what kind of e-bike your experience you're going for. Okay. So you know, I live in the Charlotte area, and Banker Bros have these uh, a real common bike you'll see in Charlotte. One that I was looking at was a, I think it's called the Super Seventy Three, and it has a, a a chain pedal crank like a regular bike would, just for show. No one pedals Wait a minute, like, like a regular regular bike. You, you say bike. You're talking about bicycle, Bi- bicycle. Like a regular yep, bicycle. Like, Got it. It yep. has pedals. Yep. You could you in theory they're there to pedal, to but pedal. no one. Yep. Th- that's a throttle class three bike um, that that no one pedals. Um, it uh, it looks like a dirt bike. It's des- you know it's designed um, to look more rough. The pedals, my understanding of it is the pedals are on there so it qualifies as an e-bike so that you don't need to have a motorcycle license. You don't need to get the bike plated. You don't need to pay insurance. I don't think that's a controversial statement to say those kind of bikes, the the pedals are just conversation pieces. Yep. Yep. They're, they're benefits that allow opportunities for things right so you're saying that there are different levels of bikes so you're someone who's ridden a motorcycle in the past you've had motorcycles in the past right so to have a motorcycle something that is a motor no pedal it is being run by the engine only Mm -hmm. you have to follow certain laws to have that right so helmet i guess depending on the state depending on the state yep yep Helmet you have and have a license. license that actually says license. you can ride a motorcycle. Okay. Yep. Even though it's not really about speed, right? Because some of these e-bikes we'll talk about can actually go decently fast, right? Pretty fast, yeah. Okay. So it's more about like this is something that is engine only, that is going to be on the road. You're going to be riding it on the road. We're talking about motorcycle. Those are going to be ridden on the road. You have to have a special yep. license to ride them um, or to ride them legally. Whereas the e-bikes are the way of kind of taking the in-between between the bike and the motorcycle, right? It gives you the assistance, but it's made as a bike that can be used only as a bike as well, right? 
I will oh. agree with you right up until that last statement. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, because on some of these e-bikes and these class three throttle, super um, powered bikes, you're looking at over a hundred pounds. And when that mm. motor kicks, I mean, how far are you going to pedal a hundred and some pound bike? Okay. Okay. So there. So I, technically I, you could, but you're saying it's, it's really a formality. So class three, you, you mentioned that a couple of times. Class three is the highest class of e-bike in the U S that's my understanding. Okay. okay. So cl- class one is, I believe, uh, can go no more than 20 miles per hour pedal okay. assist only. Okay. I think the only distinction between class one and class two, class two ha- has also has a throttle option, meaning you don't need to pedal. You can just put it in throttle only mode and go crank on okay. that. And it goes up to uh, 20 miles per hour. And then I think I, I have it here. Yeah. Class three um, can go in theory up to 28 miles per hour. Hmm. Now okay. I say in theory, because I have a friend who has an e-bike that you can very easily take the throttle off and go 39 miles per hour on it. Take the Which throttle or take the, like, I'm, I'm sorry, know, like a governor, the, uh, like a governor. governor off. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it has the power to be able to go a lot faster than that, but it has a governor to keep it at 28 supposedly or, or less. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. To be legal in the U S that's my understanding. Class three can go no more than 28 miles per hour pedal hmm. or throttle. Interesting. So, and I assume the 28 is probably there because of, you know, so that you're not fast enough to get on what is the normal road of 35 and, you know, above or something like that. Right. I, I don't honestly know because there's, I mean, there's no restrictions on where you take a, a pedal bike. I mean, you've seen around your area, you know, around yep. here, 35, 45 mile per hour road, there's people riding bikes hmm. on the side of the road. I mean, you should, should still share the road, right? <laughs> Whether right. it's a right. bike or a bicycle or pedestrian. Okay, so so we have various levels of class of these things, but all those classes are still considered e-bikes because they're within that very little help to up to 28 miles an hour help, right? That's in that range, right? Yep, and and they have a pedal. Okay, and they all have a pedal, and all technically they could, without the engine going, you could pedal them. Right. Yes, Technically, sir. no matter you know, what is it, they, the pedal actually works, has a chain, pulls, you know, pulls the the bike along. All right. Yep. So. Um, so if that's the case, now we've got probably a ton of different variability, I'm assuming, on the not only the quality of those, but the, you know, the amount of assists. Right. Talk to more about the pedal assist, because that's the part that really intrigues me when people say pedal yeah. assist. Tell, tell someone what that, walk someone through that. What does that mean, pedal assist? So I'm sure different bikes have different systems at, at where the numbers align up with pedal assist. Um, I might be wrong on that. It might be an industry standard. But basically, my understanding is you can have a zero pedal assist, which, as it implies, you're getting zero assistance from the motor. You're pedaling a bicycle. Okay. You can then go to one pedal assist. And some bikes go one, two, three. Uh, my bike goes up to five pedal assist. 
the greater the number, the greater the assist you're going to have from the motor when you pedal. And that is from the get-go. So as I'm sure you and your listener have heard, uh, the big thing with um, e-vehicles is the torque, the, the, you know, the, the get-up-and-go, the yep. instant kind of get-up-and-go yep. from a red light. And so with my particular e-bike, when you put it on pedal assist five, I've been at a red light with a car right next to me. And as soon as I engage the, you know, the flywheel, the, the, I start to pedal. I take off from that red light faster than a combustion engine <laughs> vehicle. It will take them a good while to catch up to me, provided, you know, it's a 35 mile an hour speed limit and they're not trying to race me. And that's so, not because of your massive quads and your strength. That's because this thing engages really fast if you turn it, right? Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you hit that pedal, I, I would say there's probably a half a second to maybe a second lag between that initial oomph that my massive quads put on that pedal. And then it, then it's just all pedal assist. Okay. Okay. And, and that's actually a good, um, distinction there, right? All of the e-bikes would have to require you to touch the pedal in order for it to go. Or can you have an e-bike where you just reach up to a throttle and turn it and it goes that, that would be technically like a moped right that's right or no that's a class two and a class three have throttle oh. throttle assist yep oh wow okay so the throttle itself could make you take off without any pedal whatsoever so literally you could go to and from work without ever moving your massive quads yep right on a two and, and three on a two and three is your yes, understanding sir. Okay. Yeah. And that's why, okay. um, you know, part of my research project process of going in, cause it's, a, as I'm sure we'll discuss, it's a, a major financial investment yeah. on some yeah. of these bikes. Um, I spoke to a number of banker bros in Charlotte and talked to them about pros and cons of the different bikes that they had. And that was a big selling point for that super 73 it's throttle all the way. And they don't have to wait at red lights. They don't have to worry about parking it in a parking space and paying for parking. So they say, you know, living in the city in Charlotte, um, you know, it's a pretty bikeable city. Um, they don't take their car out unless it's raining out. Because <laughs> they, they will, if there's a red light, they'll buzz under the sidewalk and keep going, which I believe is not legal. Or they'll buzz through, a, you know, cut through a park. And, you know, straight as, or quickest distance between two points is a straight line kind of mentality. And they can and you said you don't bike. think that's legal? It's not legal for one of these to be on a, a sidewalk? I don't you think don't, it's legal to jump so. from a bike lane to a sidewalk. From a bike, a bike lane. lane. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's that issue. It's not necessarily that these can't go on a sidewalk. It's that the jumping, right? I mean, are these, you know, when we start looking at an e-bike compared to like a regular bike, if I take a regular bike, and I'm through a park that is bike allowable, right? And I'm going through on a, my 10 speed or whatever the, you know, cycle that I have. I'm assuming e-bikes can do the same thing legally, right? Because they are a bike. Or is there limitations there too of like when you, when, when you can use an e-bike versus a regular bike? I mean, I, I guess sense? I would. Yeah, I, I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. And I would default to my teacher mode here, which is uh, always obey all posted signs and um, 
uh, policies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But um, I'll put, I'll tell you. <laughs> there, there's a real popular trail down the road here in Greenville, South Carolina, the Swamp Rabbit Trail, and I forget how many twenty plus miles it is, and it's uh, bike friendly, and they have e-bike rentals for the trail. So y- yes, it's my understanding, um, e-bikes, ten speed bike, whatever. But I, I do think there's also <laughs> there's also a um, like a common sense factor, right? You know, I, I, you shouldn't be going yeah. 30 miles per hour on a bike trail with right. kids and dogs and uh, other bikers. But you um, wouldn't feel bad about taking your e-bike on a bike trail if you never engaged the pedal. Like if you did pedal assist zero and you had it, it's like, hey, I'm I'm riding a bike like everybody else, right? Or is it I mean, the other way? I'm sorry, pedal, which which is... Pedal says zero, zero means it's not means helping you at all, right? You're getting no assistance. Yeah, got it. And, and I yeah. would mind that because my bike is really heavy. But <laughs> I, no, I, I've I've been on on bike trails with my bike, um, with my son, and you know, just kind of cruising with the pedal assist at at one. Yeah. Um, I don't have any guilt in it, and I don't, if this is a good time to mention it, I, I don't know, but I, I will. And you tell me if you want to circle back to it. Sure. You there is a still a bit of a stigma with e-bikes among your biking enthusiasts, i.e., yeah. people on their ten speeds with their tiny little wheels, and your more fitness-oriented people. They, you know, oh, you're cheating. You're you're not pedaling. Um, you know, yeah, it's a scooter. Uh, yep, yep. No, I, I, I certainly the research yeah, though, doesn't support that. Yeah, there, there's there's some research to show that um, the difference in heart rate, I believe the the study, uh, maybe I'll find it in my notes, it was less than 10 beats per minute difference between <laughs> people who were given an e-bike and a regular bike and, and told to go for a ride. But the beauty of it and the reason why I sold my Harley in order to afford to buy two e-bikes is because my son would not ride a bike hmm. unless he had the pedal assist option. And so because of the frustration of being in an area with hills and all of that, that you're going to spend half the time getting off of it and trying to walk it up and all the frustration of that. Right. I mean, you've lived in North Carolina, you know, Mm -hmm. three months out of the year, it's the devil's front porch here. And he's not, he doesn't want to go out and sweat, which I don't blame him. And now we can go out and still get a more exercise than he would get on his switch or Xbox. Yeah. But not, you know, where you're just, you know, listen to him complain the entire time. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, like the research, you know, both you and I could pick apart research all day long, but you know, the research saying you give the same people, these two different bikes, you can get the same basic workout. But I think the big question really becomes like, who's choosing the e-bikes right now, right? Are they, are they the individuals that would not have and are not going to give the same amount of effort or not? But you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, if, if we say who's buying the e-bikes and now you say you've got your e-bike riders and you have your non-e-bike riders, mm-hmm. are the e-bike riders still getting the same workout as the non-e-bike riders? Probably not because the non-e-bike riders are doing it probably for more of the fitness gains, right? right. But the beauty of this, and this is where I want to get into, is like, what's the upside here? The upside to me is if you're getting people that are now riding a bike... Yep. that before would not have at all, like your son. And it keeps them now, even if it's not jumping on and being, you know, uh, in the tight shorts, getting on their, you know, 10 speed and going for, you know, long 100 mile rides. 
they are doing more than they would have done initially. And Absolutely. it keeps them from then saying, well, I'm going to drive everywhere. Then now if we're getting more people off of the road and onto a bike to provincially, you know, potentially having some more exercise, I just look at it as the people who, as you said, would not have ridden a bike because they do not want to get at the bottom of a hill and have to navigate walking a bike up the hill. Yeah. And that's just not fun, right? I look, I think of my parents, right? I'd love to have my parents on an e-bike, which there's no way in the world that they would be on a bike because of knee issues, because of the ability to navigate balance issues. But if they knew that any time that they couldn't do the pedal, that they would be able to assist themselves to get up a hill. I love that idea. Yep. I think it's fantastic. So now it's the difference of getting people riding that weren't riding as opposed to, yeah. Is it taking people away from writing the right way or a different way, right? Completely. Yeah, do you want question. the way I would kind of talk to my students about it is do you want 50% of 500 calories or do you want 100% of zero calories? Hmm. And so, yeah, they're doing half the work, but they're doing the work, right? Like yeah, they're out, they're that's out great there. Idea. And, and who's, who do I, again, this is a, an N of one, right? Who's buying e bikes right now? To me, it's the uh, the two ends of the spectrum, right? It's the banker bros who's got the cash to drop, you know, two, three thousand bucks on a bike to commute to work. And then I see a lot of older individuals who are retired. Maybe like you're saying with your parents, my parents older, that their knees, their backs, yep. everything is yep. not going to let them go out and get a 10 speed and enjoy it. But now they get these e-bikes and they're putzing around the neighborhood and, and just you know, 20, 30 minute bike ride, barely breaking a sweat. Yep. But yep. who cares? <laughs> They're out. Right. right. And, and, you know, from being a West, West coast person now, right. The less cars you have out, you know, having that, those engines going, right. If we're talking E and giving battery powered, right. As opposed to, you know, having lots of engines going and having more cars on the road and more traffic, right. If you can get people to get where they want to go, I mean, that's the other, that's the other benefit I see. You mentioned Baker Bros, which I'm assuming is kind of, that's a term of the, the bank people, right? Going to work there in Charlotte, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The younger bankers. Yeah. And of course, if you, if you told me, I mean, can I ride my bike to work? I can, right? It takes me about an hour to do it and I've done it several times, but I'm not going to do it if I have to be in a suit or if I have to get there and put a suit on, <laughs> right? Right. Unless I'm going there with a gym, with a place that I can, you know, take a shower and all of that. Right. Whereas you had an e-bike pedal assist, right. If I'm saying, well, I want to still do the bike, but I want to do it with less burn calorie burn because I don't want to sweat. And when I get there, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I can still do what I was going to do at work. I think that's pretty exciting too. So to me, I see yeah. you got those two benefits, right? You got the ones who couldn't bike if it was just a bike. And now this is helping them. You got the people who would really love to bike, but maybe their situation keeps them off their bike because of sweat or because of, you know, being able to get there fast enough, right? And if this assists in that, then fantastic, right? Uh, kind of get you a little closer to that European uh, European approach to everybody riding the, you know, riding bikes. When we were in Denmark, it was, it was just amazing to see everybody commuting on bikes and it's like yeah. everybody, hundreds of people going in at a time. And that's great. But I also thought to myself, I'm like, my gosh, me hopping off a bike after coming, you know, even 45 minutes and going into teaching classes all day, right. There, I would want a shower. I'd want to, <laughs> how much am I yeah. gonna have to carry to work to change when I get there? But 
pedal assist, maybe. Have right? to fix your hair after that bike ride. Well, and that takes hours and hours <laughs> and hours, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Why don't we why don't we jump into more specific? I mean, we've been fairly specific so far, but I want to <laughs> I want to hear about your particular bike because let's use yours as an example of the thought process you put in, some of the pros and cons that you took into account, right? So if you're okay with it, let's pull up let's pull up what you chose to go with, and maybe you could talk us through the why. Like if you gave me a list of five reasons why you chose this one, right, and that you can kind of walk us through. Are we good with that? Yeah, love it. Okay, all right. Let me pull up uh, here, and you walk me. You tell me. You tell me what to do here or what we want to do. Yeah. So uh, these are the aerial rider bikes. The particular one i purchased was the grizzly okay right here so i'm gonna go ahead and click on the grizzly <clears throat> all right and, I, and tell us tell us why maybe for maybe two things tell us why the aerial rider and then tell us why the grizzly okay yeah so um for me i fell in love with that i believe again it was called the super 73 bike and there's a whole number of options in those bikes and that's a particular a, that's a particular company or is that a particular that, style that's a particular company within okay super, super 73 super. i think there's different um options within that okay. bike and that's the one i see everybody in charlotte riding and i just the more people i talk to the more it was like the single best purchase they've ever made in their life was the common refrain i, I heard hmm. and so it looks badass I mean, just straight up, it looks like a motorbike, just missing the motor. Um, I am, I was a Harley guy for 10 years. Um, if I was getting rid of my Harley, I still wanted to have some street cred and not be riding around in one of these little, you know, foldable e-bike type things as just looking for a wedgie. So, uh, (laughs) I did some research on it and the reason I went away from that and I went to the Grizzly um, it has a similar kind of badass look to it. Not mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. fully as badass, but um, it it looks sleek. So that that me, I felt like okay, um, I won't get too made fun of, even though I still do. Um, it has two batteries, and you could run okay. one at a time, or you could run both at a time. So for me, that was huge. I'm not going to get stranded with a whatever hundred and some pound bike. Um, it has two motors, and to me, that was the number one selling point. Okay, so okay, let's let's stick on that for a minute. So the two batteries, I'm assuming it's one the, on the frame there, one on the frame, and then one under the seat. Yep, one under the ass. Yep. Okay, so those are just batteries, just, just powering batteries. whatever you're doing there, right? And then yep, where are the engines? You said two engines. Where are those? Or motors? So are two motors? Yep, in in the front wheel and in the rear okay. wheel. Are your motors so up here is a motor and back yep. here is a motor. Back here okay. is a motor. Yeah. And so most bikes that I've seen either have the motor down by the 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 crank, um, which is uh from what I've read, a preferred location because low center of gravity, um, hmm. more balance, and unlike you know, on my bike, uh, we were talking before we went on the air. If you need to replace the tire, that's not something that I'm going to be able to do by myself because you've got the motor connections you got to deal with. 
Hmm. You're going to have to probably have somebody who actually knows what they're doing come in and change that tire out. That's the downside to having my understanding to having the the motors in the uh, on the on the tires. I got you. So when you say on the crank, so there are some bikes where it's down here where the pedals are, right? Right. Yeah, pro- the uh, that's uh, where the motor. It's where the where do you see the battery? Is yep. is yeah the the kind of the last third of the battery is where you would oftentimes see the motor. Okay. Okay. And that's not exclusive, but that's kind of what I came across most commonly in my research. And is there a difference between the single and dual motor? I mean, you have two, you said, and then that would be a one. Is that yes. more power? Is that more stability? Is that what, what's the more advantage? power, more okay. power. So okay. that was the knock on the other bike. When you go, we're going up steep hills, you know, at the 50% mark, you're really slowing down at 75% up the hill. You're barely crawling up like on a, on a steep long hill with this, this bike, uh, I, you barely slow down on the steepest, longest hill. Hmm. I mean, it just, it is a beast, absolute beast. It's a monster. Hmm. Um, It has a headlight, which you could kind of see on the front. And it has a tail light. So safety wise too, I thought that was a good option. You want to be seen Hmm. coming and going. And um, that was um, an important factor for me because my son's going to be either in front of me or trailing behind me. Yep. Yep. And then what else, what else is, what else is up here? So what's on the, the, the handlebars controls, like what, what can someone expect to have to do? Right. Are there, I'm assuming there's some of these bikes that literally there's nothing. It's just, yep. it's just regenerative helping you. But as this, this is a little different. So tell us about yes. that. So you can go zero pedal assist and um, you actually have uh, an option to change the, uh, this I'm not a bike expert here, so I'm showing my ignorance. But when you change like the a gear, gear, the gear, yeah, the gear, the gear shifter. shifter, yeah. If you look in like that right hand side, yep, mm-hmm. that's a gear shifter. Yep. Um, if you go down towards the handlebar on that, you can see that's where the throttle is. Uh, so where you would actually grip the. Uh, oh, I got you. Like out here. There's your. Yep. Yep. That's your throttle right there to just okay. engage. It's got uh, disc brakes, front and rear disc brakes. Um, hmm. on, on the handlebars and it has an LCD screen oh, that you. displays okay. time, displays distance, displays speed, displays date, displays uh, what level pedal assist you are. It's a slick hmm. LCD screen, probably like the size I'm guessing of the first generation iPhone, maybe okay. a little bigger. Um, and does that, does that come off or is that the, is, do you'd like, if you were to go, park somewhere and walk into do you pop pop that off or is that mounted so. blocked I'm, on? i've okay. never thought about that so thanks for that nightmare just one more thing to worry about <laughs> you're on welcome thousand dollar bike <laughs> but um i don't think so i think it's i think it's hardwired in there okay um, it also yeah. the lcd to access the bike and i'm sure you could turn this option off um i have to put in a four digit code oh okay uh, so that's another safety feature uh the, when i was buying my bike lock for it the I, you know, I went to a reputable local bike shop and I said, listen, this is more than my first car. Like I, I want a good lock for it. And he's looking at the bike and he's like, no one's going to steal this thing because you can't turn it on. If they figure out how to turn it on, they won't know the code. It's going to be too hard for them to lift and put in the back of a truck. Yeah. And they're not going to pedal it away because they're only going to get a hundred yards before they decide it's not worth it. 
So he's like, you don't need to go crazy on a on a lock for it. Can it can it be locked so that it can't even pedal? I mean, can you set it to say like, unless I put in the code, you can't even move the pedals? Like, does it lock that way, or does it? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's okay. an option. So you know, so regardless, like I could come on, I could get on your bike and at least pedal it to a different spot or move it around the garage without having yep. to go get your code and all that stuff, right? Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. So um, just to just make sure people know, and I and I will go ahead and admit, I I did get a chance to try yours, right? I got a chance to yeah. try yours uh, several months back, and it was it was super You're still cool. Smiling. Um, Yep, super, super, super cool. I mean, the look of it to me, and this is someone who has very little experience with motorcycles at all. I think of Bad News Bears movie and Kelly, whatever that bad kid was <laughs> that was in the Bad News Bears. He had this cool little, uh, yeah, just little mo- motorcycle. What was that? That was like a little eighty horsepower or something, right? Yeah, probably such just a cool old little dirt bike that just yep. looks to me like. Just badass, cool old dirt bikes, right? That that's kind of where this this style is. Really small frame. Yep. Of course, that had the gas, you know, gas tank in the middle and all that stuff. But it's got that same feel. I mean, of course, the the thick tires. Initially, you look at it and go, "Oh gosh, you know, why why do you need that?" But if you went on a dirt road, or if you went on you know a rocky road, I mean, you're not feeling you're not feeling rocks, right? I mean, this thing is thick enough. It's got a lot of nice suspensions, everything to it. I would say for me, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot because I don't have any experience with motorcycles. I think Mm -hmm. for you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is tiny compared to a motorcycle. And this is great, right? You still have your, you know, your heft to it. So it's got something, but it's not, you know, it's not going down to a a tiny bicycle that feels like you're going to break it, you know, uh, if you're riding it, right? Yeah, that, you know, the Whitewater Center is the National Whitewater Center is pretty close. And so that was a thought process behind the purchase as well. I want something I could take on the road with my son and we could pedal down to downtown and go see some live music, pedal back. Um, but I also want something I could take to the Whitewater Center if I wanted to get on the trails mm-hmm. and like go through some real technical off-road stuff, which I've done regrettably with my son as well and he's he survived it he's probably <laughs> scarred from that as well it, there's nothing you can throw at this that it can't handle and and well wow. I, I mean i say that with like i don't think you'd want to jump it off of something you, you know yeah because like that's heavy real technical right? i mean yeah yeah they sure. have like three foot drops I'd, i i'm almost guaranteed the batteries would come flying off that thing and hmm. uh, you'd shatter your teeth um but and so you should of, try it is what you're saying you're gonna try it Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, let my course. son do it. Then I'll film it for uh, <laughs> Brothers in Tech. Um, he's 10, right? But uh, I think so. I think so. I think that's what I read. Yep. We've mm-hmm. gone up some steep hills, rocky, rocky terrain. And um, you know, like you said, it's a lot of bike. That's probably the biggest adjustment. Yeah. Um, figuring out that pedal assist and, and how to work with it rather than it work you and kind of you know catch you real quick. It takes a little while to get used to it, but I mean, I've had other people like yourself, kind of newbies, get on the e-bike for the first time, and they, they just have the same kind of nervous, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go here, I go, like the old grandma yep. pedaling off, um, and then uh, they come back with that shit-eating grin on their face, just like <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah, 
Well, and that's exactly what it was, right? When I hopped on, it was like, okay, this is, I'm used to a, you know, I have a, a road bike. I have a one that yeah, I can pick up bike. on one hand and I kind of hang it up in the ceiling and, and it's super easy. And so when I hop on it, I know kind of that I'm manipulating everything, right? That it's, it's not, it's not something I really have to, you know, control with this one. I, I grabbed it and I thought, okay, because if this thing starts to turn over on me, is it, you know, like a motorcycle, right? If I hop on a motorcycle, it's like, wait a minute, what's going to yeah. happen if I sit still and I lean over? Do I have enough power to do it? You know, and, you know, my wife, she she chose not to because I think that same thing. She was like, I just don't know. Right. Um, but no, it was cool. Like once you get on it, it's 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 like kind of like riding a bike. It is yeah. more like, I think, riding a little moped that allows you I to agree. pedal. I thought it was uh, pretty cool. And. Again, tried a, tried a couple of hills, which was nice. That to, that's where you really recognize, like, oh, thank goodness, right? Because normally yeah. I'd be standing up right now, trying to push this thing through and hope that I don't stop and have to hop off my bike, right? Yep. And you're just allowing it to uh, to go a little more. So, so just just to, to clarify, you hop on because I actually can't remember. You hop on, you start to pedal. When you start to pedal, if you've already turned it on and said, let's say your pedal assist one or something, mm -hmm. when I start to pedal, it's automatically starting to generate some power to help me with that pedaling. Or is it only when I struggle that it's kicking in? As soon, uh, there is about a half second to maybe a one second okay. delay, probably more like a half second, but you know, you get yep. spoiled pretty quick and it feels like a full second. Okay. So you initially have to pedal. And it, you to let it to let it know that it needs to to yeah. to kick. You in. don't even get a quarter of a way around on a crank, and it's it's kicked in. Depending on your level of pedal assist, you're either going like hold on, or yep. you know pedal assist one. You're, you're not going to sweat in pedal assist one. Okay, and pedal so assist it, zero is not going to kick in and do anything. You're but just pedaling. Can you zero. can you do the throttle to add to it? Yep. Okay. And that's the that's the part I want people to know. Like, so you know, this is not something where you have to go, okay, for the next ride, I'm gonna set it to this, and this is the only way that I can do this, and I gotta reach up there to change different things. Even if you were pedal assist zero, which means I am pedaling mm -hmm. and I happen to realize I turn a corner and oh my gosh, at the bottom I'm at the bottom of a hill, you still have a throttle on your handlebar, right? That can it give you up. a tiny bit extra to go at that point to help you out. It's not like you have to say, oh, no, I got to stop, change it back to pedal assist three in order to start up again to go up this hill, right? You still have the power at your fingertips that you could potentially use. Yeah, I agree with everything you said right up until you said throttle a tiny little bit for help. Because when you reach for that throttle, man, you're, you're, you're going to open it. <laughs> you're gunning it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. No, I mean, so for example, like, yeah, I've, I've ridden motorcycles for 30 plus years of my life. So I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm probably too comfortable on it. Um, but I go with my son, right? So uh, there'll be times when we are pedaling and I have it on zero pedal assist because he's, you know, he, he's 10, he's, he's a little cautious, thankfully. Yep. Uh, he, he, you know, he got smarts from his mom. So I'll have it on zero pedal assist. Plus I'm trying to get in a little workout too. And yeah. um, it, I feel like, all right, I'm starting to sweat a little bit or a little bit too much. I'll on the fly, kick it into pedal assist one, pull up a little bit from my son to try to get him to pedal a little faster. And yeah, so you can do it all on the fly. Um, yeah. 
this bike, I will say, is so powerful that um, you, you could run it on rear motor only. You could run it on front wheel motor only, or you could run both motors at the same time. It is so powerful that if you go from a stopped position and you have the front wheel motor engaged or mm -hmm. both front and rear, you'll spin the tires on that front wheel. It will wow. just spin, 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 spin. I've mm. even spun the tire when I'm just pedaling on zero pedal assist and I'll just like kick in the throttle, like I said. And so I'm going five, whatever, six, seven, eight miles per hour. And you engage that front wheel and it will, it'll take off on you. It'll spin because there's no weight up front. Right. Yep. Yep. And so all it, yeah, it, it's a, it has a, it has a lot of, I guess, is that torque? It has, a, it has a lot of torque to it. Yeah. No. And that's cool. I mean, I think there's some people that would get scared by that to think absolutely how power they've got underneath them. But I think the other way to think about it is, is just, you know, okay, this, this is where my mind goes, right? If I say that I go hop on a, so Laura, Laura and I go out and we uh, hop on our road bikes or our, our, um, uh, it's more, I say road bike, but it's not the, not the actual 10 speed. But if we hop on our dirt bike type of mountain bikes, right? We hop on mm -hmm. the mountain bike and we go riding together. And I think to myself, how many times in that ride did I have to stand up in order to try to, to kind of get up a hill or to kind of speed up to go ahead of something. And I think those are often the most frustrating times for non-usual bike riders. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, someone wants to go out and ride a bike. They often don't want to have to stand up in order to really kind of pump up a hill or pump to get uh, faster on something. If you said, if you like riding a bike for the enjoyment of being outdoors, the enjoyment of kind of moving your legs around, but not the stress of having to stand up on the bike to really, you know, push. This gets rid of that, right? And I'm assuming you probably never stand up on this bike unless you really were trying to do a motor, maybe a mountain bike trail and trying to really test yourself, right? But there's no reason yeah, to stand up on this ever. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're someone that loves to ride a bike, but you hate that part, and that's the part that keeps you, from it to say, I don't want to get stuck to where I, I don't think I can get up this hill. So I have to hop off, which is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to be the one that has to stand up in order to really push and get my extra momentum to get up a hill or to get, you know, ahead of something. This gets rid of all of that. Plus still allows you to pedal the way you wanted to pedal to begin with. Sure. So you kind of get that best of the both worlds, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would add like someone like yourself, right? You're a 56 year old man. You don't want to be walking <laughs> your bike up a hill like it, like a like this, a kid. You know which brother you're talking to, right? You do know which brother you're talking to, right? <laughs> uh, did, it, did I miss a birthday? You're 57. <laughs> but the other thing too uh, is, like, I think about you and your wife and all the national you parks you've been to, and well, mostly your wife, but. Um, <laughs> This would be like, think about you guys can take your bikes, right? And you can see 10 miles of the, of the park. Yep. You have an e-bike. Like, you know, this bike says you get up to 75 miles per charge. I mean, the, the difference of seeing 10% of a park versus 50% of the park. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, yep. Yeah. That's to me. And I, again, that goes back to the, and maybe I have a chip on my shoulder because when I ride, I, so instead of driving to my morning workouts, I take my e-bike and yep. I show up and every time still, 
Everybody's got to say something about me showing up on my e-bike, <laughs> even though they come in their e-vehicles, right? But I, oh, I'm yeah. cheating on my e-bike. But man, to be able to go out and pedal for an hour or you know an hour and a half versus 30 minutes because you know you're going to get tired and sweaty and you don't want to get too yeah. far away from camp or and not have a shower or something like this. Just to me, there was just so many added bonuses to it. No, I, I, I get you, man. I get you. I think it's, I think it's super cool. I, um, I mean, there's a, there's a part of me that would love to do this. Let me, let me tell you what, what my dream would be. It would be this to me is the perfect addition to someone who gets into camping and says, you know, maybe, maybe you have a small, you have a sprinter van or something that you're going to go and you're going to plop it down and you're going to camp out of it and you've got an awning out of it. This is what needs to be in the back, right? As opposed to the RV people that are carrying, you know, pulling another car so that they get there, park, and then they're now driving another car. It's like this gets you everywhere you want to go whenever yeah. you plop down somewhere, other than the fact that you're out in the weather, depending on where you are. But you're exactly right. If I could go do this in a national park, as compared to getting in the line of people in their cars to try to explore and limit me to only those, you know, pathways or driveways and parking lots. And now I have the ability to be able to do other things. I think this is really cool. And I know I'm not going to get stuck at the bottom of a hill, not being able to get to a certain part. I think that is a, yep. you know, that's kind of the ideal. So I think it's important too. To, I don't want to confuse your mom and think like, Oh, this is the only option for e-bike out here, hundred plus pound bike with all this yeah, yeah, yeah. power. I mean, you can get uh, a foldable, you know, kind of clown car e-bike, one of those things that you can just fold in and take it into the office. So you don't have to worry mm -hmm. about anybody stealing it. Um, you can get uh, uh, just like you're saying, a uh, 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 looks basically like a mountain bike. You can barely see the, where the motor is hidden on the frame of the bike and um everything and everything in between like there's just so many different types of e-bikes this one if you're going on like the least extreme to the most extreme this bike that we keep highlighting is pretty damn close to the most extreme that you can get for an e-bike yeah there yeah. are a ton of other more affordable less powerful just as fun cool e-bikes yep yep and I think that's a good point. I mean, we've spent time on this particular type, but I just did a quick, now, of course, this does not fit into that less expensive version, but just as a comparison, right, in terms of size, you know, there, yeah, as you said, there are e-bikes where the, it looks like a bike with a slightly thicker metal frame, and then that's where it's all, you know, helping, right? And some of that is just doing regenerative like built in, like when you pedal, it's charging its own battery and it's kind of kicking in and doing some other things, or it's giving you a little bit of that. There's also, I think there's all sorts of levels of it. You're, you're, uh, you're exactly right. When you're thinking of this, try to imagine what is it that you would really love to do? Yep. What is it that, for? yeah, what are you going to use it for? Uh, what are the environments in which you're going to have it? And do you feel like, you know, I mean, would my mom want to have one that looks like yours? Probably not. Right. But at the same point, will she want the power maybe that goes along with some of that? Maybe. So now the question is how much power and how much um, of a frame do I want to have to deal with? And, you know, what are the environments that I'm going to put it down? 
So uh, Jeff, can we maybe start to to summarize this thing and kind of wrap wrap up by kind of stepping back in and saying like, who are the people that we are talking to? So who are, who do you think are the ideal people that should really give e-bikes a look? Americans. Okay. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> honestly, like I started yeah. the story, right? There was, I don't know, the, the Japanese moms, let's just say she was in her early 30s, peddling her kids and her groceries and her kids had their, their school books and their backpack on. I mean, like that to me is the perfect person for an e-bike. There's the, in my old neighborhood, the elderly, you know, the elderly, the older couple um, pedaling around the neighborhood, just tooling around during COVID. That's the perfect people for an e-bike. There's the banker bros in Charlotte in their, you know, 20s, no kids, single, buzzing on the street, hopping on the sidewalk, cutting through the park, just using it as a commuter bike. They're the perfect people for an e-bike. It's like, get past the... Oh, you're, you're cheating stigma because the reality is like 80% of the people probably would never be biking. Like they're just not right. So you're you're not, you're cheating yourself by not being out there doing something. And so I know it's kind of a flippant answer, but I don't think there's like one demographic. The e-bike is geared for over another. There's literally options out there to meet everybody's, everybody's need, whether it's a road bike, whether it's a mountain bike, whether it's a commuter bike. Yeah. just they're just it's fun and it may just it may just be it yeah it may just be that other than the people that are totally comfortable and happy right now on regular like road bikes and that's where they're comfortable because they're already riding and they're already commuting and they're always doing that thing you're talking about pretty much everybody else if we can get away from if there's an opportunity to do this either for fun or for not having to drive, you know, to kind of limit that likelihood, then it seems like it's a, it's a great opportunity. Can we, can we, we haven't, we haven't mentioned the price, even though we saw it earlier. Right. But maybe when you were doing your research, what was the range of prices that you were really considering? I mean, you were willing to consider, I'm I'm sure there's some that are ridiculously, uh, you know, expensive, but this was pretty pricey, right? 3000. Yeah. It was really, uh, what 3300 bucks it it might have gone up a little bit from when i bought it okay um we haven't talked about the i think i had a three-month wait from when i Uh, placed my order to when i got it i don't know how supply chain issues have worked themselves out you know if that's changed in 2023 um but what was the least expensive model that you were considering given the check boxes that you had uh the least expensive i think was around nine hundred dollars okay Yep. Um, and this was right at the, the upper limit. And basically I had a budget and I needed two bikes. Yep. Yep. So you said, I'm going to, I'm going to get the best I can for what I have a budget for. Right. That's, is what you, that's you did. the way I roll. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. I didn't want to have something that I ended up outgrowing. Like, I don't know what other needs, I guess when bikes start to fly, then I'll be in trouble. But I, I don't know what other needs I'm going to have that this bike can't meet Hmm. um we we didn't really talk about but another benefit is like you can ride two people on this bike so my son and i will get on one bike and he just holds on the back it's got pegs in the back it's got a seat on the back it's got a big Um, enough standard right long up long enough seat yep standard Mm -hmm. pegs um i i there's an option for a seat extender for second ass and 
it can cover both of our weight. And you've, you know, my son, he's not a tiny boy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and you, I mean, geez, yeah, those yeah. quads, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, well, that's cool. So, so yeah, it's multi-use. You could fact, you know, do a lot of different things with it. Um, you do get what you pay for. That, yeah. You know, like what, I was like going to, I was going to ask you, like, what was the concern with the $900? Was it, was it look, was it lack of power? Was it, I mean, do you remember like the 900, the low end of what, yeah. what were you going to lose? What were you going to lose? You're, you're losing power. You were losing range. Okay. You were okay. losing, um, light. You only had one battery um, instead of two, I'm assuming. One motor instead of two, one battery yep. instead of two. Um, there was no light on the front. So you're losing uh, no light on the back. So you're losing safety. Uh, I don't believe there were disc brakes on it. Cause again, there wasn't as much power you had to, you had to deal with. Yeah. Um, the, the bike I got has front and rear suspension. The one, the, the, you know, around grand, I think only had front suspension. So there's, you know, first world issues that yeah. I, I, you know, I, I didn't, I sold the Harley, which was a sacrifice. So I treated myself and myself. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I, and I kind of look at it that way too, to say you were coming from motorcycle down. So I think yeah. your view is quite different than someone that says I'm coming from only riding a, a regular bicycle up. Yep. Right. And they're probably going to want, well, what looks most like a bicycle that I'm comfortable with and is light enough, but still gives me, the benefits that I want. And maybe they're still paying the same amount potentially for the sleekness and the way it's controlled within the frame and all of that, or they're going to make it a little bit more beefy in order to be able to have the power that they might want to be able to do it. So you really need to kind of balance. It seems like balance look performance, but also maneuverability and, you know, comfort from where you were before. So where are you coming in your, you know, bike to motorcycle range of experience, of experience, you know, to me, if I'm coming off of a road bike, I'm going to want something that looks and feels as close to a road or a mountain bike as it can. That gives me that extra bit. But if I'm coming from a motorcycle, I have no problems. And I kind of want to feel like I've got, you know, something similar underneath me. Right. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? Can I uh, maybe ask one more question about the, um, do you know, do they have add-ons to make regular bikes pedal assist? I mean, have you, have you, did you see, I know you probably didn't look into any of those, but somehow I think that there's either a market if it hasn't been there already and I haven't looked into it, but of like a clamp on that at least provides a little bit of regenerative kind of boost, almost like you get in a, you know, a cycle class where, you know, you're having something that kind of regenerates some of your power. Um, it feels like there's an in-between there to kind of get people into the assist mode. And I'm sure that the bike assist or e-bike people are not at all for that. They want to see you jump to an e-bike, but, right, you know, it feels like there's got to be different variations of that that can give people the, you know, the options, right? A yeah, few hundred I, bucks I as opposed to a few thousand. Okay. In my yeah. research, and, and of I course, you didn't have a bike to add to it, right? So it wasn't that that was a market that you were looking into. No, right? we yeah, we have regular old. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, mountain bikes. Um, okay, same one I had when I was in college. So it's a, <laughs> uh, 
uh, what's that? Five, six years old. So yeah, it's seen some, <laughs> some use. Wow. Five, uh, six years and being 56. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's good. No, you're the yeah. 56. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I, yeah. I was confused. All right. Well, that's cool, man. So, so I guess our takeaway on this is that you're happy. You, you love them. You think they're fun. Um, you think they're useful. And I'm certainly hoping that we have shown people that, they can be useful for all ranges of things, right? Mm -hmm. To get you on a bike if you're not willing to go on a bike now, to potentially make your biking happen more often because of the limits you might have of attire and you know time of day and time it takes to get places that you can kind of get rid of that. And it potentially allows more people to get out and you know maybe pedal a little bit, but certainly get out and be outside and uh you know travel in ways that maybe don't have a big engine that uh will uh you know kill the kill the world a little faster so yeah i mean i think there's options it's a conscious decision because the temptation will be there to just use the throttle right and so my son has a strict no throttle rule and when i catch him cheating he he knows (laughs) that uh he's not supposed to and he has that five seconds of regret before he tries to sneak in the throttle again. (laughs) But um, I mean, I've, I have used it in so many instances where instead I I could have been in a car and I I don't know, to me, like that, to me, that's kind of special that the car's parked. I'm not spending the money on gas. Yeah. Um, We didn't talk about that, right. About savings there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I've taken it to work out. I've taken it to just for fun uh, with my son. I've taken it to a concert downtown where don't want to have to deal with traffic. Don't have to fight for parking. And so, you know, very cool. Kind of every different way that you could think of. uh, I've, I've ridden the bike at night. I've ridden it in the afternoon and it's just, it's a pretty versatile, fun little (laughs) tool to have. I think. I love it. And I've not, use my regular bike in years. Yeah. And why would you, right? At this point, when you know you can get out and still potentially push yourself the same way you wanted to before, but yet have the, you know, the ability also to help yourself out in tricky situations. So yeah, it's really cool, man. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's great. It gives me, you know, gives me some excitement thinking about, you know, the possibilities down the road uh, when I'm as old as you to, to yeah. try to have that assistance and, you know, help out. It's certainly something that, you know, I'd love to see like my parents, people that I know I could never get on a bike. But what's funny is that, you know, really, my dad, my mom and my dad would be happy to be in a fitness facility hopping on a stationary bike where they could control the amount of challenge that they're doing. But there's no way in the world, safety-wise, they would get out on a regular bike because right. of how do I hop on and off when I can't get up that hill and all of those things. And I just think it would be fantastic to have the ability to do that and to get people moving in an Your activity again, just as asking oh. for another ride. <laughs> I'll, I'll write her back. I'll write her back. <laughs> well, yeah, she's she's listening. So, you know, feel free to talk to her. Feel free to talk to her now. I'll step off and let you guys have an intimate conversation. She's probably the only one listening. So, you know, you guys yeah. you just talk one on one. We usually so. talk Thursday nights. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Glad to, glad to hear that. All right. Well, I think we're, unfortunately, uh, Alan is going to give me crap because we went, what, an hour and 15 minutes. Um, that's, you know, 
a target of an hour has always been our our golden goose and we never hit it so we're always at hour and 15 and he claims mm. it's my fault and now i'm guessing it probably is so yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever you know he he wasn't here so we had a good time fix it in but. post that's right. That's right. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up here, Jeff. It was fun as always. Loved having you on. And, uh, Thanks, and it was great not having Alan here. Um, I mean, this was fantastic. And, and I'm sure our numbers will be better than any other episode we have, um, you know, at this point. So we'll see him go through the roof and, you know, we'll get the clamoring uh, to not have him on again or, you know, have him just as a Bring guest every once in a while. Yeah. So normally I would have, you know, the the show host would have the other person tell us, well, how would people contact us? I'm going to do that because that's usually my objective. So you can send us an email at info at the mesh TV. Tell us uh, about other topics you'd love us to get into. Uh, if there's things that you know about e-bikes or if you have an e-bike uh, or have looked into e-bikes that have a different experience than what Jeff has presented or different models that you would suggest, please let us know. We'd love to to share that with others. You can also go to our website at www.brothers-in-tech.com and get previous episodes as well as uh, hopefully we'll have some more helpful tips that we'll put up there and uh, guide you in some uh, some different ways within the world of home technology. So for your current host, Brian, and for our wonderful guest, uh, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate you being thanks, here. Man. And uh, now I'm going to talk a little slower because I'm still trying to figure out how to close out the show because Alan <laughs> typically does this. So I'm going to say thank you all for being here. Jeff, thanks very much. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.